If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha HaShavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful Erev Shabbos to all of you. Great to be with you. Spend some time. Learn together. Take a look at the parsha. Take a look at the events of the week. Take a look what's so special about the Shabbos and try and glean some lessons in life to make our lives a little bit better, to elevate ourselves, to refine ourselves, to become better Jews, to understand what it is in fact in Torah that makes us the people that we are, the special people that we are, and what a Shabbos this is again. It's a Shabbos that has a special name, Parshas Para. And this Shabbos we take out two Torah scrolls, two Sifrei Torah. In one we read the portion of the week Shemini, in the other we read the story of the Para Aduma, the red heifer, the story of how to purify the Jew when in a state of spiritual impurity. It's also Shabbos Mevorchim. We are going to bless the new month of Nisan, the new month of Nisan, which begins the month cycle of the year. We finish with Adar, and we go from this month of Adar, actually two Adars, Adar Rishon, Adar Sheni. We go from the month of Adar of intense and incredible joy into the month of Nisan, which is the month of Geula, the month of redemption and the month of liberation. Adar, of course, we celebrate Purim. We just celebrated Purim a week ago. And Purim brings to mind the idea of the incredible story of how the Jewish people were saved from the evil plans of Haman and Achashverosh. They wanted to destroy the entire Jewish people, to kill the entire Jewish people in one day. And that terrible decree was overturned, and instead of being something that hurt the Jewish people, it became a symbol of tremendous, tremendous, miraculous salvation. However, as our sages tell us, even though that incredible miracle took place and the Jewish people were saved from absolute genocide, a fatality that would have destroyed the Jewish people, nonetheless, we remained Abadim, we remained slave servants onto Achashverosh, we weren't free people. We remained in his land and under his rule. Although we were in a state of elevated ability and status, nonetheless, we were beholden to him as the king of that time. However, the story that we celebrated during the month of Nisan, this is the month of total and complete Geula, redemption and liberation when the Jewish people were taken out en masse from the land of Egypt. We didn't remain servants and slaves onto Pharaoh. And therefore we move from a state of great joy and miracle to even a greater dimension of miracle to a state of freedom and liberation. And this is what takes place during the month of Nisan. The word Nisan, of course, is very closely connected to the idea of Nisim miracles. This is something which is important for us to understand, that the natural state of Jewish existence is one that is bound up with miracles. We don't live a natural life. We don't exist according to to natural rules, because according to natural rules, we have no business being here. The Jewish people have been kicked from pillar to post throughout history, and yet we are here. Not only are we here, but we are here with the full intensity of our 
identity, with the dignity and pride of who we are. Today we find Jews who are totally committed to Hashem, to His Torah. Thousands of years have gone through. We've gone through tremendous challenges, tremendous difficulties, because we understand that we live a miraculous life. And this is what the month of the sun tells us. The sun tells us that our survival is indeed one of miracles. And the preparation for the month of the sun is the month of Adar. The month of Adar is the month of joy. How do we teach ourselves, train ourselves to see the miracle of our survival through joy. When a person is uplifted through true spiritual joy, one begins to understand things differently. And as we move through the month, this year, the months of Adar, and the joy intensifies, the joy becomes greater, our ability to see things clearly becomes greater as well. And what do we see? We see the miracle of our survival. And as we enter the month of Nisan, what do we see? We see the absolute truth of the miraculous survival of the Jewish people. That not only have we survived, but indeed thrived throughout Jewish history, despite the challenges, because of the challenges, we have grown tremendously again and again and again. And this is why this Shabbos, when we bless the new month of Nisan, it's a time for us to acknowledge the miraculous survival of our being, of our being here, each and every one of us. If we were simply to look back, not for very long, one or two or three generations, and ask ourselves, is it possible that we should still be here? Only a couple of generations. The answer would be an absolute resounding no. And yet, when we take a look at the fact that we are, we can tell ourselves with certainty and with absolute clarity and with joy that we survive with greatness. We're going to be sitting at the Seder in a couple of weeks' time. And what are we going to say? That in each and every single generation, there are those who stand up and try to destroy us. In our own generation, we've seen the growth of anti-Semitism, which has been unprecedented for decades. And we ask ourselves, why? And yet we know, despite the worst intentions of those who wish to destroy us, we will continue with greatness. This is what the month of Nisan is telling us. We have nothing to fear. We have to be proud and strong. We have to look back on our history and say, what has been with us throughout this great journey of Jewish survival? Torah, mitzvot, our commitment to Hashem, and the ways of Hashem. This has been with us all these centuries. This has been with us. This is the reason for our survival. This is who we are. We're not a people that has some sort of vague culture. We have the eternal truth of Torah that backs us up. More of that soon. This is the Pasha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We just finished talking about how we move from the month 
Ab Adar, the month of intense joy, into the month of Nisan, the month of our liberation and our miraculous survival. And it's very much connected to the Parsha of the week, as mentioned before, the Parsha of Shemini. It was the eighth day, and Moshe calls his brother Aaron and Aaron's sons and the elders, because something extraordinary is about to take place. For seven days, they were going through the whole inaugural process of getting the Mishkan, the tabernacle in the wilderness, ready for the great day when God's presence will be felt. And for seven days, every single day, Moshe erects the Mishkan and then takes it down in the evening. Nothing happens. And finally, the eighth day takes place. And on the eighth day, Aaron gets dressed in the particular clothes of the high priest. His sons get dressed in the clothes of the regular priests. The entire nation is watching. Moshe erects the tabernacle. And on this day, when the entire process takes place, the divine fire comes down from heaven onto the altar and everyone sees and witnesses the fact that God has entered into the temple, the tabernacle, the Mishkan. This was the first day of the sun that we're going to celebrate this coming Shabbat, not tomorrow, this coming next week Shabbat, the first day of Nisan, when the full and total inauguration of the Mishkan, the tabernacle took place. It was the eighth day, and we've often talked about the significance of the number eight. Number seven symbolizes the natural order, seven days of creation. We've talked about that often. The eighth day talks about that which transcends time and place, that which is higher than the natural order, something which is far greater than that which is natural and ordinary. And this is what happened. Whatever took place, whatever the people did, was based upon human effort, the natural human effort. What happened on the eighth day is something which is far greater. The divine fire came down from heaven. The infinite light of Hashem came into the holy area. Everyone witnessed that there is something from the eighth dimension that has entered in the house of God. But nonetheless, it's called the eighth. And while, of course, the eighth is far beyond the natural order, the natural order is limited in time and in space, and the eighth dimension is far beyond time and space. Nonetheless, it's called the eighth, which comes after seven, which tells us that there is a unique relationship between the eighth and the seven. Yes, it's higher. But still, there has to be the preparation of the seven in order to receive the infinite eight. There is something incredibly powerful here that's taking place. The symbiotic relationship, the effort of the Jewish people in building the Mishkan, and Hashem revealing his divine presence into the Mishkan. The Jewish people have taken the physical objects and built this magnificent structure. They have elevated the physical as far as they could, as far as human effort can. And now Hashem brings down something higher in 
to the physical world. The physical world is elevated. Hashem brings something down from heaven into the physical world. It's this partnership. It's this interaction. It's this coming together, which is the true celebration of the eighth day. It's not as if you leave the physical world. It's not as if the physical world no longer exists. It's the physical world has now received something which is greater. There is a partnership. The physical world is still there. The physical world has its role to play. At the same time, the physical world is imbued with the infinite dimension of the eighth degree of the eighth dimension. This is what is so special about the eighth day. And this is important for us to understand. Because very uh, often people think it's either or. It's either the natural or the supernatural. It's either the seven or the eight. It's either the physical or the spiritual. No. Torah says it's the wonderful combination between the two. And while you might ask, how is it possible for physical and spiritual to come together, to form a partnership. That's the great miracle that God shows us. God who created heaven and earth, God who creates physical and spiritual, also enables physical and spiritual not only to coexist, but to work together and to create something together, which is far higher. And Hashem says, that anyone within all of creation that opts for one to the exclusion of the other, this is something which is wrong. And this is why in this Parsha we see the terrible mistake that was made by the sons of Aaron. They wanted something which was exclusively spiritual. They wanted something that was completely beyond the physical. They wanted to enter a dimension of super ecstasy from a spiritual dimension that would completely disregard the physical world. Hashem said, that was a sin. Even though the best intentions, their intentions were to elevate themselves to a purely spiritual level, Hashem said, this is not what I want. What Hashem says, what I want is this incredible combination and partnership between the super spiritual and the physical. And we see this later in the Parsha. Where do we see this later in the Parsha? This Parsha contains the commandments that deal with the laws of Kashrut. What animals we can eat, what animals we cannot eat. What birds we can eat and what birds we cannot eat. What fish we can eat and what fish we cannot eat. And one thinks to oneself, we're talking about a Parsha that's called Shmini. We're talking about a Parsha that speaks about the eighth dimension. That which is so far beyond the natural and the physical. In this Parsha, we're going to talk about physical things like which animals we can eat. An animal that has split hooves and chews its cut is kosher or those that don't is not kosher. Does this fit into the eighth dimension? We're going to speak about fish that has to have scales and fins in order to be kosher. Is this something that fits into the eighth dimension? Etc., etc. Naming the birds that we can eat. That should be when we talk about the physical dimension. 
Torah says the only way we can enter the eighth dimension, that dimension of, of infinite greatness, is that when we are anchored and grounded well within the physical world, because this is the combination that Hashem wants. Yes, we can reach the highest of the high, but at the same time, we have to work within this physical world. We lift earth up to heaven and we bring heaven down to earth. This is the great symbiotic partnership between Hashem and ourselves. We build the structure and elevate whatever we used in order to make, make this magnificent temple. Hashem sends His divine light, His fire, onto the altar and His presence into the temple. This combination is what the eighth day is all about. It's not that we sit and meditate at higher levels that makes us holy. It's what we eat and how we eat. That's what makes us holy as well. When we use our bodies correctly, when we use the physical world correctly, that's when we can elevate ourselves to higher levels as well. Yes, precisely that. Knowing the exact details of what defines a kosher animal, down to its split hooves and its digestive system. When we take a look at a fish and we see that it has scales and fins. When we take a look at the list that Torah gives us, which birds are kosher? Then we know we have handled the physical world correctly. We can now deal with the higher spiritual elements. Because if we ignore the physical world, or we don't function correctly within the physical world, then our entry into the spiritual realms becomes something which is dangerous and destructive, as we've seen with the sons of Aaron, and as we've seen throughout history, that those individuals who enter into these so-called spiritual activities by ignoring the physical world, they have created untold damage to themselves and others. This is the great responsibility of taking all of God's creation and bringing about the synthesis that Hashem wants. The higher and the lower, the lower and the higher, the human effort and the presence of Hashem. As we see in the story of Sinai, Revelation at Sinai, Hashem comes down into the world and we elevate ourselves. This is what we talk about in Kabbalistic terms, Ratzu Vishuv, going higher and coming back down. The breathing which is in and out. This is the way Hashem creates the world, the dual movement, the higher and the lower, the combination that is so necessary, the combination that truly reflects God's will and intention of why he created a world that contains the higher and the lower, the physical and the spiritual. By Yom Hashmini, this is the eighth day. For seven days, nothing happened. On the eighth day, greatness takes place. Why? Because the physical has been perfected and now the spiritual can enter. And the great partnership of the physical and the spiritual is now going to proceed. More of that soon. This is the Pasha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. 
We're talking about this incredible Shabbos, and the third dimension is the fact that we're going to be reading about the red heifer. We're going to be reading about the para aduma. What's that all about? It connects with what we have been talking about up to now in order to bring about the incredible synthesis, relationship, partnerships between the spiritual and the physical, that which is above and that which is below. We have to refine that which is below. And very often the physical can be contaminated because the physical is open to abuse and very often when it is open to abuse we have to purify it and this is something we've talked about in the past and we'll be talking about it as we continue through the book of Vayikra Leviticus the idea of tumor something which is impure and how do we take something out of the impure state this is the story of the red heifer we take the ash we sprinkle it but this is something which elevates a situation of negativity into a situation of spiritual sensitivity and spiritual purity this is how we create the partnership between the physical and spiritual dimension we take the physical we purify it. We see it for what it is supposed to do. We don't allow it to be contaminated by the physical shortcomings of the world. We see it for its higher purpose, and then we imbue it with the heavenly spiritual dimensions. And this is the three dimensions of this week. On the one hand, we move from great joy to freedom and liberation, the month of Nisan of miraculous survival. We speak about the eighth dimension, this great partnership of God and the Jewish people building the physical temple. Hashem sends his fire and light into it. And we speak about the red heifer bringing about a state of purity, refining the physical, taking it out of the negative state into the positive state, bringing about this perfection, these three things come together, the Shabbos. So when you're in shul tomorrow, when you're in shul tomorrow, listen and listen carefully. It's a fascinating parsha. It begins with the eighth day. It tells us the story of the sons of Aaron and the mistake they made. It speaks about the animals that we can eat, about the fish that we can eat, about the birds that we can eat. It speaks about how we can make ourselves better, the world better, how we can bring about this great combination and partnership between the physical and the divine. We're going to bless the new month. We're going to say it with joy. We're going to say it with the intensity of knowing that great redemption is about to happen. This is what makes this Shabbos great. Make it great. Be there. Listen carefully. Listen to that which speaks to you, speaks to you personally, the Shabbos.